0: beautiful people it's your girl amber jones and we are back for another episode of the revival faith justice and culture for the now generation thank you all for listening in for our first three episodes Uh, we are actually now at our midway point this season And so if you have been joining us from the beginning, we are so grateful for your listening um, and following this journey for season one. If you're just tuning in today, we want to welcome you here to this space. Um, This is really a space for us to really sit at this intersection of faith, justice, and culture uh, for our generation today. And I want to take this time today, I'm actually going off script. I had an episode that I wanted to do for the fourth uh, episode of the season, but really, God has really um, made it very clear to me that that had to be put to the side so that we can have a really honest conversation about what is happening in our community. So, for folks who don't know, I am based here in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. I have been a part of this community my entire adult life since I moved from Chicago to come to college. And I thought it was very intentional to um, make sure that this podcast centered the community here in the Twin Cities. As I was cultivating the revival, I felt a really strong urging from the Holy Spirit to really make sure that we are centering voices in our Twin Cities community, particularly Black voices, as we are wrestling with these intersections in particular with faith and justice. In this moment right now, our community is hurting, hurting, hurting so deeply. This month, this month of February, this Black History Month, this love month has not really been as loving as we hope it be. It's actually been quite painful. We have lost a lot of young people, in particular young black men and boys, to gun violence, to uh, police-involved incidents, to so many different things. And I know myself, my spirit has been in so much grief this month so much grief to the point where it just felt like I was walking around with some deep pains on my shoulders deep burdens in my heart this is a pain that I have had to continue to manage and to navigate really over the past two years as this state in particular the state Minnesota in particular the Twin Cities community has had to navigate a much more critical eye Um, to what is happening to Black people, to Black life um, in our context as we wrestle with so many questions around safety, around security, around stability, around prosperity for Black people. It is not new to us the struggle for Black people in this particular state of Minnesota. For my time being here in Minnesota, this one thing I have heard over and over again is that Minnesota is one of the the best states in the country it's number one in all types of things education employment health and wellness but it's often dead last or close to last in those same areas when it comes to progress for black people we consistently talk about how for the black experience in Minnesota we see some of the highest racial disparities in this country. How can we live in a place where it can be so incredibly prosperous and abundant and sustainable for one set of communities and the exact opposite for others? How can we sit with this tension? How do we actually use that harrowing statistic to push ourselves forward towards justice. What do we mean when we say justice for all really here in the state of Minnesota? So that's been a question that has navigated a lot of the justice work that I have been situated in over the last decade. Whether it was being a student organizer, um, working on voting rights, working on education, equity issues, economic justice, criminal justice reform, and everything in between. It's always been centered on this question around how can we navigate this heroin existence, this tale of two cities, as we have often called it, as we sit and navigate our existence here in the Twin Cities. And so I'm really seeing with that question today. I'm seeing with it in regards to our people. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think I would be able to come before you all to do an episode because my spirit was just so broken and I don't really believe in creating out of a spirit that's not in alignment with God at that moment. And I was just wrestling with so much. I was like, Lord, we're going to see if we're going to get here today. (laughs) We will see if we will get here today, but the Lord's been really faithful to really, um, help me focus on my healing this past week to really recenter um, space and time with him to take care of my body, to take care of my mind, um, take care of my spirit. And while I am not all the way 100%, um, I can articulate some things now (laughs) and not not out of a lot of anger, Um, but there is a such thing as righteous anger, but to be able to articulate some things a little bit more clearly, I have been meditating on the fact lately that we did not get here by accident. Um, We did not get here out of happenstance. What we are seeing in our communities is a reflection of the lack of investments and a reflection of the lack of effort and intent to maintain um, a stable, secure and prosperous black community here in our local context that's what we're seeing under the strain of a pandemic under the strain of racial reckoning under so many strains and even over these past several years since we've been in this pandemic knowing how much our communities have been hurting but not seeing the proper investments behind that in a time of historic investments being poured out across this country to help us uh, navigate and manage this pandemic. equitable investments at that. Um, So we did not get here (laughs) by happenstance. We know, and I'm not gonna go through a whole deep history about um, social policy in the United States and how in the midst of so many investments in this country to give people literally a hands up Black people didn't get that, even though we worked and toiled and created the economic infrastructure for this country to thrive on. But that's neither here nor there. We're not going to get into that today. <laughs> um, but it's, like I said, it's not by accident why we are here today. It's not by accident why we are seeing what we are seeing um, in our communities today. But that doesn't take away from the deep or shock value and the trauma um, and the re-traumatization that we are experiencing, especially our young people um, in particular are experiencing. And so let's be clear here. <laughs> These are root causes that we have to deal with. If we want to solve, um, if we want to deal with what we are seeing in our communities when it comes to crime and safety and everything in between, we have to start addressing root causes with real investments, with real commitments. Um, so I just want to to take some time to to mention that. But on a spiritual level, we have to be clear that this is not a natural battle that we are facing, and we haven't been facing it over these last couple of years. Simply in the natural realm, this is spiritual. This is spiritual. I have been really wrestling with the fact that we are seeing, over and over again, young life taken from us, young life taken from us, albeit as imperfect as they may be, um, it was young life, and after every story I may have heard, whether it was about Amir Locke, rest in peace, or Deshaun Hill, rest in peace, or Jamari Rice, rest in peace, or others, What I have been really grieving over is the fact that these are young guys who were fighting to do something better for themselves and their families and their communities, who were trying, who were taking advantage of the resources, who were trying to figure out how to make it to point A and B, um, and making sure that they were protected and covered, Um, who took every opportunity that was afforded to them to improve themselves. And that their lives were, were taken from them in their prime with so much potential on the way. That has been breaking my heart the most. And just reminding myself that so many of us are just trying to be better today than we were the day before. And that we are waking up each and every day trying to be better than we were in our last days prior. All of us all of us can relate to that all of us can relate to a time where they were just trying to make it trying to get to the next phase Um, and to think about what would happen what would have happened to you then the midst of you getting to your next level that that was cut short for you and there was no way to to repair that to get back on the right track because you're gone from this earth. That just breaks my heart, y'all. That breaks my heart in so many different ways that I can't even understand. And so what we are talking about here is not just a natural fight, it's a spiritual one. And so when we think about how do we wage war, we have to also think about how we are waging war, not just in the natural realm. And when I say war, I'm not talking about like Warfare, warfare, but how we are advocating and pushing for justice in all the different ways and and avenues and facets that we are occupying. Um, But in the spiritual realm, how are we going to war in the spiritual? How are we armoring ourselves with God's armor? How are we going to the throne? How are we petitioning for God in prayer to cover us, to keep us? to equip us, to give us the endurance and the perseverance. Sometimes it's not even about um, asking God to take the hard things from us. It's about strengthening us so that we can face them. Um, How are we covering others, covering our communities? How are we interceding for others? How are we really, not just even praying, but really seeking the scriptures, um, seeking the wisdom of God, Um, really going, going into deep study and reflection on how we are to anchor ourselves in this time, in the word of God, in the will of God for us. Um, I often think about why here (laughs) of all places, why Minnesota of all places, um, for us to experience something so acute as this. And I think about how um, just a few years ago, right before this pandemic began, I was thinking about leaving Minnesota, straight up y'all, here's a little testimony. Um, I was thinking about leaving Minnesota. I started to apply for graduate school so I can get my PhD, um, got into schools and everything. And I was getting ready to go fall 2020, I was gonna be gone. But the Lord redirected me, he caused me to stay here. I actually got into schools and all the schools I got into, I told them I wasn't enrolling because the Lord um, basically redirected me and said, no, you have to stay here. Um, And he actually led me into starting to work in policy in particular. And this was literally weeks before the pandemic would come. I had no clue that we were going to go into a pandemic. Um, and then months before the murder of George Floyd. And so when I tell you that my entire world has shifted during this pandemic, um, I can't even comprehend how deep that statement is. When I tell you my world has completely shifted, not just because of the experiences that we have all collectively shared, but even the path that guys had me on. Um, but one of the things that in that story in that testimony is really important for me, is that I, I want to leave Minnesota. I was at a place that, like, can anything good come from me out of Minnesota? At this point, I spent um, about eight years of my life, eight or nine years, and I was like, this is, this journey is over. There's nothing good for me here anymore, and lo and behold, <laughs> what god had for me and continues to have for me here is a mission it's a calling um it's a commitment um to really serve and to be a part of this community to really be committed to um our collective uplift as a people here in this state because at the end of the day no matter how many people come and go particularly black people from the state of Minnesota, there's still a community here and it's been here for centuries um and when I say, can anything good come out of Minnesota? Um, I want I want to talk a little bit more about that because um, there is scripture that talks about amazing and powerful things coming out of unexpected places. So in the book of John, um, this is right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, in John chapter one and. Early in his ministry, he basically goes and recruits his disciples. And so I want to read just a couple of passages and kind of talk about it a little bit more. Um, Because I want to encourage people right now about, I want to encourage people regarding what is happening in our community. I'm not going to be before you long. I just want to share this quick word um, and really just be able to, to encourage us that there are good things here and good things to come. So in John chapter 1, starting at verse 43, uh, these words are in the word of the Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets. Jesus the son of Joseph from Nazareth Can anything come anything good come out of Nazareth Nathanael asked him? Come and see Philip answered Those are verses 43 through 46 So in this passage um, Like I said, Jesus is um, in the midst of traveling through um, Israel and he is coming across um Everyday men who would then become his disciples and asking him, asking them to follow him. And so he found Philip and he asked him to follow him. Um, and then they continued to travel to um, Bethsaida, which is Peter's hometown, and came across one of his relatives. And he told the testimony. <laughs> this is so crazy to me, too. Like, Philip told Nathaniel, like, we have found the one that we have been waiting for we have found the one that moses wrote about way back in the law this is the promised one and then the first and then say his name jesus the son of joseph from nazareth but the only thing that nathaniel could focus on was where jesus was from and said this can anything good come out of nazareth (laughs) but there's already promise in what philip has showed him like there is promise of a savior and he is here that's the testimony that's the good news like he is here but you're only focusing on where he is from and for you all to to get some more context so nazareth um, was a pretty small town it it was actually not really that prosperous at all Um, mostly farmers mostly an overlooked place um and and mostly you know lower income. And so when people said like Nazareth, like who's Jesus from Nazareth? Nobody really thought that there was good things coming out of this community. And then from from that point, you know, Philip brings him, um, tells him to come and see, and then Jesus comes and um is able to kind of prophesy to him and Nathaniel is able to recognize that, oh, you are the sons of God, you are the king of Israel so on and so forth, um, and begins to follow him. But I think what's so interesting about this passage is that, um, so often we are looking at a place and we're looking at what everything is said about that place. We're looking at all of the negative things that are reported about that place. Um, all the ways in which that place is not seen as prosperous or abundant, um, or maybe it's just not for certain communities. And we are overlooking some of the gems. We are overlooking some of the gifts of God that are nestled in unexpected places. And so I just wanna encourage us today. Can anything come good come out of the Twin Cities? Can anything good come out of Minnesota? Come, can anything good come out of this moment that we're in? And I think wholeheartedly, I declare that there are so many good things that can come out of this moment, out of this place, and have been. There are so many gifts from God that are among us. um, And we just have to harness those gifts. We just have to tell the testimony. We just have to lift up the voices who are doing amazing work um, to be a leader, to be um, a love and a light to our community and we have to bring people with us. We have to show them so that we can start to really build with each other. I still have so much hope. I still have so much love. I still have so much passion for what can be done here in this community here in the Twin Cities. What can be done here with black people if we really just focus ourselves, not Always on what is said about us What is done to us how we are overlooked, but we can focus on the riches the abundance the gifts That have already been instilled within us by God and within Just beautiful gifts of people among us We're gonna have to continue to struggle and to fight in so many different ways But we also have so much, um, we have so much already within us that we can use um, to channel towards change in this moment. And we've always had to do it. (laughs) Like, let's be real. Like, even if we talk to our elders, we've always had to do it like that. We've always had to rely on ourselves more than anything else. Um, And I believe that in this moment, I really do, that we are the ones that we are waiting for. We are the ones that we are waiting for. Um, As we continue to see injustice after injustice, we continue to be the ones that we are waiting for. And so I believe that wholeheartedly. But I just want to encourage us today, um, encourage us this morning. Um, I'm I'm recording this on Sunday morning after church, so I'm feeling a little bit spiritual more 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 than other days. Um, But I just want to encourage you all this morning. I am still incredibly hopeful and I'm not going to lie. I don't think I was feeling that way maybe a week ago or even a few days ago. I'm still incredibly hopeful for us. I'm still incredibly hopeful that we're going to find a way to navigate this season where we are deeply, deeply um, anxious about what could happen when it comes to violence um, in our cities. I'm incredibly hopeful, I think there are so many amazing people in our community from all different sectors who are ready to roll up their sleeves and to really um, be boots on the ground and really find ways to serve our community, in particular to serve our youth in this season. I'm incredibly hopeful that the Spirit of God is moving in unexpected places that the spirit of God is rising up new leaders all around us um, who are really tapped into his word, who are prophetic in their understanding of what's happening in our everyday, who are unapologetic, who are uh, unafraid as well, who are committed to living out the principles of the gospel, who are committed to radical love Um, in action, who are committed um, to that new heaven, that new earth vision of beloved community. I'm incredibly hopeful. I'm incredibly hopeful. And for the days that I'm not hopeful, I'm going to go back to this episode and remind myself to be hopeful. And so I just want to really communicate hope in the midst of pain and suffering. I want to lift up peace and joy. I want to speak peace and joy over each and every person who is listening to this episode. Um, There is peace for you in the midst of chaos. There is a peace that the world does not understand that you are going to carry in your spirit because it is the peace of God. It says in the book of John, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. I speak of peace that eradicates fear. I speak of peace that eradicates hatred. I speak of peace that pours love and joy over you and power and authority over you. I speak love I speak a love that's going to call and bring us near to each other as we press near to God. I speak a passion and a fire over you that when you see injustice, that when you see ill wrongs amongst you in your society, that you are going to find a way to do something about it in your own context with your own gifts. I speak that over you. I speak endurance. There's so many people right now who are in long battles, <laughs> long battles in whatever context that you are situated, whatever systems that you are situated in, um, whatever battles that you are fighting, whether it's in business, in the political sphere, um, in your families, um, in so many different spaces and activism, I speak endurance over you. That you are going to have a spirit of endurance over you. Um, that God's going to give you the ability to persevere. That he's going to give you strength in the midst of your weakness. That he's going to keep you upright when you want to buckle over. That he's going to give you an easy, burden and an easy and light yolk. yoke. Yoke. <laughs> Y-O-K-E, not Y-O-L-K. That he's going to trade your... He's going to trade his burdens. He's going to trade burdens with you so that you can have the lighter burden. He will take on the hard burdens. Because this is hard work. It's hard on the body. It's hard on the mind. And it's hard on the spirit. But I'm, I'm speaking that over you right now. That he's going to give you a spirit of endurance and perseverance for the saints. That he's going to give you a spirit within you that's going to be so powerful. You're not even going to understand where that spirit is coming from, but you know, it's from God because you know, it ain't come from you. <laughs> so I just want to speak that over you all today. Um, and as we close, I just want to continue to lift up the twin cities community to lift up, um, especially our communities in North Minneapolis, um, South Minneapolis in midway, um, in, on the East side, um, our communities where uh, we're seeing some heightened areas of violence um, in our community. I want to continue to lift up all of the families who have also experienced um, loss from police-involved incidents as well. Uh, We continue to navigate all of the different ways that Black people um, continue to lose our loved ones. in this community, in this society, and it's difficult, and it's challenging, and it's multifaceted, and we have to hold all of it. And it's hard to do that sometimes, especially in the midst of our direct pain and trauma. I want to continue to pray that God give us the wisdom, that he give us the courage, um, that he gives us the perseverance to endure through all of it um and to continue to lift up and to center his name and to center his people there are good things coming out of this community i don't care what anybody says all over the world what's going on in minnesota this that, and the third there are good things coming out of this community and we just have to be pressed in and faithful to god that he is going to see us through so I just want to say thank you all, love you all so much. I love you all with such a fierce passion in my heart. I have so much love for this community, and I just want to take some time to pour some love out on us all as we are facing some really trying times. So if you want to stay connected to the revival, please, please make sure that you subscribe on all the platforms, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and I Radio. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at the Revival TC Pod. That's the Revival TC for Twin Cities Pod. And then also we're on Facebook at the Revival TC as well. Please share some love, share a comment, rate, review us on our podcast platforms. And please, if this blessed you at all, please share it to someone who really needs to hear it. I have so much love for you all. I'm praying for you all. I'm praying for every leader I know who's struggling in this time. I'm praying for every loved one, every spiritual leader who continues to hold so many layers of grief um, and navigating that with their parishioners. I'm lifting you all up, especially in prayer. Um, and we're going to get through this. God is going to keep us through it. He would not bring us to it if he did not did not have a plan to see us through it. Much love, thank y'all. The views or opinions expressed by this platform are personal and belong solely to the host and its guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the host may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacities unless explicitly.